Welcome to the Handle with Care podcast, a place where we discuss self-care, spirituality and everything in between. If you're new, make sure to check out the blog and follow the Instagram for all our weekly Moonday insights. I hope you enjoy this episode and please feel free to let me know. Namaste. Welcome back to the Handle with Care podcast. Today's guest feature is Liz, a religious education teacher in training very soon to be qualified. Liz has got a Leo sun, Libra moon and Aquarius rising. Ooh, ah, extroverted in nature and helper soon to be explained. We tried our very best to record an episode through the ether. However, the ether decided to record with a little lag. Okay, we're still working out the kinks of this non-face-to-face guest feature style. Um, So if it sounds like Liz is talking over me, I promise she isn't actually that rude. That's just how it recorded. Which is fine because she is the guest on this episode. So rather she talk over me than vice versa. It also means that you get a little pause between her endings and my responses. So just for the crack, you can imagine me taking a little nap and then waking up with a light bulb when I think of something to say. (laughs) Please enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the Handle With Care podcast, Miss Green. Hello, hello. I have returned. (laughs) (laughs) So you know what I'm going to ask? Yes, I am aware. Go for it. What is something that you do to handle yourself with care? So um, recently it has shifted um, because obviously life has just flipped up on its side with the whole um, corona debacle. So how I handle myself with care um, is making sure that I have a a set structure that I follow to keep me sane um also <laughs> to make my well-being like a priority too um so that structure will include sort of cracking on um with my work that I have to do throughout the week um setting aside certain reading times um just for fun reading um fiction for fun um fitness three times a week quizzes etc so that structure um is handling me with a uh, with great care <laughs> wow that sounds so liz <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so fantastic um yeah i really really like that the structure it is important isn't it when you're so used to the routine um to still have a routine but quarantine style mm, absolutely I think what's yeah. nerve-wracking is the fact that because we are so used to a certain routine and structure when that goes mm. out of whack a little bit you can have so much fear depending on the type of person you are you can embrace it um, which I am doing to an extent but also there's so much uncertainty so sort of creating your own structure um is do, doing me so well just to look after myself Mm. And at the same time, like not beating yourself up if you don't fulfill that structure, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. See, I'm quite the opposite since quarantine started. I've like just thrown structure and everything out the window and made it really, really, really simple. But what I do notice is kind of like organically, naturally falling into a bit of a rhythm Mm. 
without even realizing it. So I think like we, I think everyone has their own idea and construct of structure kind of built within them. And it's times like this that it just manifests. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that just sort of highlights how we are so similar as people because we get on so well together, but we're we're also so different. Like in the last video um, that I was on the podcast, obviously we were talking about extroverts, which is what I am, whereas you're, mm-hmm. is it like an amnivert or you're in the middle? You're sort of an introvert <laughs> and an extrovert. Um, and I think this this quarantine time is really, it can be quite difficult for extroverts. So it's making sure they've got something that will look after them when they're not getting to see got their energy from others yes I seen a quote pop up on like one of my social media timelines that was like check in with your extroverted friends they are not okay (laughs) (laughs) and it made me laugh because I really thought about it I was like heck yeah actually because for me the whole quarantine lifestyle I had a bit of a, a setback because I realized oh god this is like is this my natural way of being? I don't, <laughs> I'm not yeah, sure. Then I'm there just um, shaking in the corner like, someone help me. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a 360, it really is. The last time you were on the podcast, it was indeed self-care for extroverts. And I invited you because you are the most balanced extrovert I've ever mm. met. Um, and the last time I asked you, what is something you do to handle yourself with care? You said spend time with family. So I'm wondering how that's changed or how you're who you're quarantined with or tell me what the crack is. Yeah, so it's it's had to change, I think, sort of like handling myself with care, being with my family. So I'm currently in lockdown with my partner and his parents. So just for the time being, um, just with the nature of our flat tenancy ending, we sort of quickly moved in um, with his parents uh, whilst we're saving up to buy a house. So what that means is that I'm not with my family. So twice a week we get together so on Fridays we have quiz on Tuesdays we play card games together but it is hard because I I love I'm quite a tactile person so I love that physical contact I need those hugs those kisses um, and obviously I can't get that <laughs> from my family um, when I'm in lockdown so it's, it's quite difficult but again sort of getting into that rhythm and that structure of Tuesdays um, I'm seeing my family um Fridays and seeing my family and I've just started on Monday afternoons with my older sister we're doing um like a poetry afternoon together so we're reading a poem and we're sort of dissecting it all um she did an English literature degree so she's just fab at it and I am sort of slowly getting into poetry I really really love it um so we're having that time together too so my family is still my number one but it's just had to alter so, so drastically throughout this. Yeah. And just to be super explicit, when you say you're seeing them, it's like video call, like Zoom and stuff, Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I need (laughs) to see their faces (laughs) and their voices. Um, And it's quite interesting trying to play card games when you're in completely different, like three different zones. Um, So, yeah, like I've got my older sister and her fiancé on one camera. Then I've got my parents and my little sister on another camera. Then there's me and James. Yeah, so it's it's fun. (laughs) I briefly remember the last time um, you were on the podcast and you were talking about uh, living with your partner or moving in or whatnot. Um, What else have you been 
up to since the last episode which was I, I don't know I think maybe it was a year yeah. ago so um I think when I was last on the podcast I was sort of finishing up my career with Lush um with you all and since then um I've been undergoing my teacher training course so I've almost got to the end of it now um and then I will be a fully qualified secondary school teacher um so yeah, the past um, however many months, potentially a year that I've um, not been on, I have been teaching like 11 to 17 year olds um, RE. So that's been really, really fun. It's been a crazy year. Thank goodness that my like time management skills have slowly perfected throughout it all because all those teachers out there, you know, you know the drill. Teaching is hard. It's very busy, mm. just like a lot of professions are. Um, but yeah, again, that structure, making sure that I'm at school and then when I leave at five or what have you, that is my home time. Like I am at home. I'm with James. I can speak to my family, what have you. And then I'm back at school the next day within school. I'm, I'm really trying not to take it home um, too much because it's one of those professions that can easily just become your life. So yeah I've loved yeah. it I've um so I've been doing the teaching I've also just throughout lockdown started a course that we'll get onto in a bit um but yeah just keeping myself busy still seeing friends family and such but yeah my life has like swapped so drastically from being like a, a cool lushy <laughs> and now I've got to be a, a conservative teacher <laughs> but conservative as we can get but there we go <laughs> for anyone wondering um us Lush employees like to call each other Lushies and even though Liz doesn't work for Lush Cosmetics anymore she is always a Lushie to us. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to any Lush employees listening. So the main reason um, I wanted you back on the podcast you know aside from being an all-round wonderful spirit inside Mm -hmm. a human body is to talk about witchy self-care um, and this is because you are currently studying Wicca. Correct, yeah, so it's correct? called Wicca for the Modern Age. Amazing. How so are you studying it's an it? online course. It's like an online university. It's International Open Academy. And it was actually recommended to me from another RE teacher trainee, just because obviously we're, we're doing world religions every every day. We're teaching kids about Hinduism, Islam, Christianity, Judaism. Um, but we we never get the chance to tackle religions that are sort of not not as well known obviously witchcraft um is becoming more popular with pop culture like sabrina and what have you um but it was recommended to me um, and i thought i just wanted to take it on board because i've always been interested in it um and yeah i i started doing it on the online course and i've been loving it i've been sharing youtube videos about what i've been learning just because i think it's so important to understand different religions and actually see how they interweave because you think witchcraft is something satanic and demonic and something so far from christianity mm. but actually that's that is quite far from the truth as well Mm, and I absolutely would recommend uh, your YouTube videos for anyone who's interested in Wicca because they are so easy to digest and uh, really, really nice to mm. listen to. Also, you mentioned, like side note, you mentioned um, how kind of modern it's become and popularized with things like Sabrina now that there's been this like remake yeah. of Sabrina on Netflix. Oh, Have I you watched it? it? I'm obsessed with it. 
I love it. It's so I just, good. Yeah, it's insane. I think what's hilarious is just coming from a religious background and sort of knowing stuff like um, people saying like, oh my God, and things like that. They just twist it to like uh, the Dark Lord instead of like, Lord. I just love how they do it. It's so funny. Um, go on. <laughs> what I love about it is, although the Dark Lord, okay, Satan himself in this series is like, you know, scary, satanic, the devil, they make it not tangible and like not scary. Like it's fiction, but you know, after watching it, like I was somehow a part of me was that I didn't even realize was afraid of saying the word Satan and devil and da 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 da. Just kind yeah. of stopped. And when you make like when you make it playful, it just kind of um, limits that or rather eradicates that ingrained, you know, constructed idea that you can't say the devil or the devil is bad and all these things. It's like the devil is just an archetype, you know, like God, devil, you know, it's, it's all these different things and whether or not you believe in it, you know, the, the vibration of fear, you should really work with to not have it, you know, manifest in your body exactly. and in your wards, and like, you know what I mean? Christians, some don't even believe there is a devil. They just focus on the good. There's no such thing as hell um, for for a lot of them. It's all focusing on the good and the, yeah. and the heaven. So, yeah, I think that it's it's so strong having a word and sort of having such power placed on a word that I think Sabrina does really sort of break those um like taboos and and stuff like that i just think yeah it's really really good watch it <laughs> <laughs> yeah when you get over the first episode because it's a bit like whoa you can Absolutely. you really get into it okay so i thought it would be fun to do a little read and response Ooh. activity um before we get into the witchy self-care rituals so i'll okay. i'll walk you through what i mean did you know that I'm writing I, a I book? I am aware, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I think the world knows that I'm writing a book at the minute. <laughs> um, it is a feminist, witchy, personal healing collection of poems. And I've decided to open um, the book with my own definition of a witch. Because when I was researching the certified definition of witches... My eyes rolled so far back inside my head, I had mm. to like smack them out. So I'm going to read to you the top three definitions I found. And these are like legitimate okay. definitions in dictionaries. And then I right. want to hear Ooh. your response. <laughs> and then after that, I'll read my rather long <laughs> definition yeah. of a witch and you can tell me what you think or, you know, if you would okay. add or change anything. Okay, so the first definition comes from the Oxford English Dictionary, and it is witch. Noun. A woman who is believed to have magic powers, especially to do evil things. In stories, she usually wears black, pointed hat, and flies on a broomstick, too disapproving an ugly unpleasant old woman <laughs> ah, okay <laughs> my favorite bit is unpleasant okay. 
Definition two comes from the Cambridge Dictionary. And it goes, which? Noun. A woman who is believed to have magical powers and who uses them to harm or help people. A witch on a broomstick. Witches were persecuted all over Western Europe from the 15th to 17th century. And it was claimed that they had dealings right. with the devil. Not as bad Not as, as bad, the Oxford but the same one, similar think. theme. <laughs> and then the final one comes from the most popular dictionary believe it or not which is dictionary.com um, and this is which noun a person now especially a woman who professes or is supposed to practice magic or sorcery a sorceress a woman who is supposed to have evil or wicked magical powers which is in black robes and pointed hats and finally, an ugly or mean old woman, the hag, the old witch who used to own wow. this building. Okay. <sighs> yeah. So they're not great. There's a common theme. So I would, yeah, I would say face yeah. calm. Or just like disappointed, <laughs> I think is for for me yeah. it's just a common theme of evil and harm there's ugliness and then there's that black black pointed hat that keeps cropping up which is what you expect when you think about like the wicked witch of the west and uh, you think of the the sea witch and yeah. the little mermaid ursula she's not meant to be the most attractive um in comparison to like the beautiful um ariel um but yeah i think there's just a lot of misconceptions that we'll probably debunk throughout it. But when I was researching, like, what, what is a witch and what is Wicca, what's interesting is that um, all Wiccas identify as witches, but not all witches identify as Wicca. And you touched on it in those definitions about the, the persecuted. Like, throughout history, there was witchcraft acts, which was obviously burning them at the stake um, for certain for certain things they were doing. Um, and it was King Henry VIII as well that he was a big figure that led to the persecution of witches. And I think that was just to do with the idea mm -hmm. of women sort of dominating over over him or like making him look bad like Anne Boleyn she was classed as a witch just because she obviously was a quite cheeky and seductive and she um, had a lot of power over King Henry and what happened with the whole church um so I think there's been that association with evil and sort of like manipulative um but just starting with the course um learning about what is a witch it's got nothing to do with harming um at all they do I agree with the definitions with the idea of magic but magic in the sense of sort of setting an intention giving it out into the world the law of attraction <laughs> that sort of thing but they they're not unexpected hearing those sort of definitions are they but they are just a bit like face palm and disappointing um yeah definitely definitely and I'm really loving this whole like hashtag wake the witches like witch rise and this reclaiming mm, of it, the yeah. actual term itself so that brings me to yes, my please. definition would you like to hear it Okay, it's rather long because um, I've got many different points, but it, it all fits on one small page. I'll try and get through it. 
So which nine, one, a wise person, often a healer or speaker of healing wisdom aligned with the cycles of nature and the phases of the moon. Two, a magical practitioner who uses the esoteric arts, fields of alchemy, astrology, tarot, geometry, ritual and ceremonial magic, numerology or any form of divination. A walker between the worlds. Three, the word which denotes <laughs> etymology. Oh, God. <laughs> that one. It denotes one that knows from the Anglo-Saxon translation of Wicca, both masculine and feminine, commonly associated with female identifying individuals, but can be male or female, cisgender, gender fluid, non-binary, trans, intersex, agender, or gender questioning. Four, a person who actively practices magic rituals or spells has developed a heightened skill for psychic mediumship. Five, a person, quote unquote, awake, who works with the cosmic laws of cause and effect, the power of source energy and one's connection to source to manifest change, wants and desires. Six, witches may or may not use tools to help focus, concentrate and quote unquote, raise energy for intention setting and manifestation. Seven, a witch may, may not or may intermittently worship Wiccan, Pagan, Greek, Roman, Egyptian or Hindu gods and goddesses. Eight, a member of a coven, a group of witches that meet regularly to perform magic and rituals. <laughs> Quote unquote, support your local witch gang. Nine, a witch's home often features a small altar of worship with tinctures, trinkets, statues, natural objects, candles and tools. And finally, 10. Typical witchy daily habits include expressing gratitude, meditation, yoga, smudging, lighting candles, and incense, arranging crystals, dreams analysis, or a cleansing, reading and writing poetry, drying flowers. I love how you made sure that everything was covered. literally and i i have listed it like how how it's going to be presented in the book is very clear and i've basically titled the poem that's better and i think your definitions have really sort of shifted with society as well especially you think about your third definition sort of including all genders and sexuality as well obviously back in the past you think of witches as women but it depends maybe someone was born with a female with female sex organs but they they don't identify as a woman so I think that your definitions are beautiful to sort of like make it inclusive for all and then your seventh um seventh definition as well talking about multiple deities being worshipped within witchcraft or wicca um I think that's so important as well because from from that religious perspective they have got so many different rituals from so many different religions you think about like witchcraft and paganism has been going off since the stone age so you've got um celtic traditions in there you've got egyptian traditions and i think also what's something to to note from it is that anyone can be classified as a witch even if they're a part of some organized religion already um that doesn't limit them to sort of practicing certain mm-hmm. rituals um that witches do so i love i love that definition i'm so excited to see it featured in your book 
Oh, yay. I was really looking forward to like hearing your response on it. And if anyone that's listening has another definition of a witch or another thing to add or another thing to say, just, you know, DM me, get in touch because I freaking love this stuff. And it's so true, Liz, like what you've said about how just how the idea of a witch um, has evolved. And, you know, I think it's really important to recognize that the way it's gone in, you know, modern society with those previous definitions that I gave you is a patriarchal thing. And it is so important to reclaim the the title of a witch if you identify with it. And you know what? Like, we're, we're going to get into it, but... How many oh, people so do many. things when I've been doing this it. course? I've just realised these are just classic things people do to relax, <laughs> and I don't realise that it is it's some sort of like witchy element <laughs> within them. And what makes it witchy is the intention, right? Like when people do things, but they 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 think it with these. Um, more like magical witchy intentions so if I was to just you know arrange stones in a pretty order then maybe that's just my aesthetic but if I am arranging stones in a pretty order because for some reason it makes it feels to me like it changes the room and the energy in the room and it calls in like a different sense Absolutely. And I think as well, it just sort of highlights the power within you as well. Like if you haven't got a great self-esteem, but then you're sort of sticking by which rituals and things and you're really setting intention, sending it out into the universe and hoping for positive things to come back, then you you are going to feel powerful when they do manifest as well. So it is really important, I think. Oh, it's so true, isn't it? And we often do these things and we don't think about it. Like, oh, mm. it's not that we don't think about it. We don't say it out loud enough. Like doing something that feels good and right for Mother Earth, like randomly throwing some seeds here and there. And like, you know intuitively that you're doing this because it feels good. And like you said, it feels connected to something that we're not sure of and it feels powerful when whatever it is that we've done returns to yeah. us in, an, in another form absolutely and, and like, like your definitions yeah, as well when my you power. were talking about nature being such an integral part of witchcraft beliefs as well like it's so true and also sending intentions out to the universe it's only positive things that you should be sending out it should never be anything negative and I think that's where sort of the past assumptions of of witches has has altered as we've become more woke with the idea of of modern witchcraft is that you should just be sending out positive affirmations to the world a witch never send out negative like revengeful like Mm. things it's just not it's not within them so that's something that sets apart that evil idea of a witch as well your intentions are positive and will bring about positive power I feel like with this witch reclaiming and expansion that's happening worldwide, whether or not, you know, someone is part of it, I do see it really manifesting in people. Like, how can I explain this? I 
you know, yeah. like intuition and psychic abilities and whatnot. Years and years and years ago, and I touched upon this on my Bleeding with the Moon episode, um, it was kind of known, like this is back in tribal times and all across the world, so not in a specific location, but this is just what's kind of been recorded in different history books here and there. But anyway, in tribal life, when the woman bled, which was often, you know, either on a new moon or a full moon, on the full moon, she was classified a witch because the full moon, you know, draws out all these crazy energies. And this is back in tribal time when people really did uh, believe in spirit and, you know, astrology came about and whatnot. But when the woman bled on the full moon, she was classified a witch and she was put into a tent on her own because her power seemed to be magnified and almost feared. And what I'm noticing more is this like, quote unquote power and these downloads are reawakening in so many people like I see so much more about like so many more path in comments like people you know when stuff happens or people get downloads or get weird intuitions and they say yeah they just say it offhand as well they like just know you know what I mean oh is it a full moon yeah and I think sorry I was just thinking like from learning about the full moon as well I am so excited every time I get my period on a full moon. I'm like, yes, I'm so powerful. It's amazing. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, amazing. Okay, so let's get into the witchy self-care rituals. um, In my second video that I released about sort of witchy well-being um I mentioned about cleansing a room with smudging um ritual baths different grounding meditations you can do but one thing that I didn't mention um is this idea of the Enneagram or the Enneagram I'm not too sure how to pronounce it um but that is how I'm saying it um um, and it is basically your guess is better than mine personality (laughs) Um, tests that you can do so you think about the Myers-Briggs getting to know yourself understanding how you interact with other people I think this is a really um, interesting way to to look after yourself so um, there's nine different archetypes that you have potential to be so I took the test that you can do online um, that I'm sure we can attach in um, the podcast link but um, Mine is number two, the helper. So there's so many different questions you ask to finally discover what your archetype is. Um, So it's a diagram that has nine different points. And these points basically represent different ways people can deal with reality or different mindsets used to approach life. Um, So the first one is the reformer. Second one is the helper. Third one is achiever. Number four, individualist five, investigator, six, loyalist, seven, enthusiast, eight, challenger, and nine, peacemaker. Um, So once you've done this, once you've took the test, you can look at the nine sort of internal levels of development. Um, 
which is really, really interesting. You can sort of try and see where your behaviours and attitudes fit in um, along that scale. Um, and then you'll be able to see areas in which you're functioning healthily and others where you're not. So you think about like the chakras, if you've not looked into that, that's another way of sort of seeing what you have in excess or what you don't have enough of in your life. Um, it's just another way to get to know yourself and help you interact with others and interact with yourself. And that would be my first little um, witchy tip um that you can do um to sort of self-care and look after yourself and get to know yourself a little bit better i absolutely geek out over this stuff so any personality quiz myers-briggs anything with an archetype like ayurveda um astrology anything like that i just geek out over it and and it is it is a form of self-care if that is, you know, where your interests lie in understanding yourself a bit better. And I think it's important with all of these things to, I, I, I would say, you know, take it with a pinch of salt or just take it with an open mind because, you know, no one fits into one box, but with self-care and archetypes, I'm, it helps number two, because, the helper. for example, what did you say? You were the helper. Yeah. That's really nice because when you have something to work with, like say an archetype, it kind of it focuses your attention on, OK, this is this is the characteristics of this person. And I feel really good when I embody those characteristics. So what am I not currently embodying? It kind of helps you identify. Yeah. And I think as well, like working, certain things, if that like, makes sense. Um, using runes and sort of like tarot and these sort of personality tests you have to use your intuition as well you have to use that to sort of know what what sort of resonates with me mm. what's coming out of this archetype that I I sort of really um know is true to myself and they all overlap I'm just gonna say it like every single archetype in in that the in the cosmos overlap so for me the Myers-Briggs test that I actually had done by a professional psychologist thank you Lush um I am an INFP and this is like it, it, it clarified my introversion and it also completely overlapped with my astrology you know being um a Virgo rising and this perfectionist and then having all this creativity and then it overlapped with my like vata imbalance that I have in Ayurveda and honestly I think the more like tests you do you can just see all the overlaps and it's so beautiful because it's quite comforting that I don't know there are these overlaps and that there is no one size fits all yeah. and, and, it's and at like the same one time size one size does all, fit all do you know do you know what I mean different tradition which is perfect Yes. Love it. Love it. Okay. So I guess that is something yeah. that, yeah, I like that. So Enneagram, take a quiz online, find out what you are and see how that can absolutely kind of help you the look second at yourself one that I, through um, a new looked lens. At on my latest video was the idea of cleansing a room or space so typically known as smudging you can do this with a room or you can do this with um a person too um so 
cleansing rituals um basically allow you to make space so you can prepare a room um to clear out the negative energy and ensure that your space is as positive as you are um what's really interesting is that it's it sort of crops up in different religions as well so like in ancient buddhist rituals monks and disciples would sort of clean and wash every stone or every pebble in a temple and um, sort of humble the soul relax the mind create harmony within um, and the same principles apply when you're sort of doing a cleansing ritual mm. to your room you're basically making sure that stagnant energy that might be in your room is just sort of dispelled sort of out out of the way also if you've had a negative person that's come over and sort of just drained you of your energy and you can just feel their negativity still like being with you it's a perfect opportunity to get like a smudge mm. out and just smudge the place up um yeah so certain things that you need you can have um smudging supplies so it could be like dry uh, dried sage your favorite incense um but dried white sage is usually the the most recommended you can have like thin candles in white purple black um and candle holders just to make sure if um you don't want wax sort of like dripping all over the place lighters matches, um yeah and the main idea of it mm. is that a cleansing ceremony often focused on like intent um, and being calm and um, you can use music you can meditate focus on your breath um or just remain present in your room um so that's another mm. way just to sort of look after your space um, and look after your energy within as well making sure that nothing's draining um draining you isn't it so true though like sometimes you can just walk into a room yeah and you yeah. can get the, you just feel the oh energy God, and the like, atmosphere what's happening um, and here you don't want you that know? negativity just to be living, especially like in your bedroom where you sleep as well because obviously when you're asleep no. that's when you're you're sort of um available to the the mm -hmm. highest sort of subconscious that you don't want negativity like staying dormant in your space so get a smudge on the go Yeah, I've smudged more in my life in the past, you know, three yeah. weeks than I have ever with this whole like lockdown, constantly cleansing the space. Um, and it, it works the other way as well. Like, you know, when you go maybe to a holistic therapist or a massage therapist, you walk yeah. into the room, they've already smudged it. They didn't yeah, tell you, but you nine. just feel exactly. it. You're like, oh, my God, this room is serene. Yeah. Here's a question. So I love smudging and I love the concept that, you know, you really waft it into every like corner of the room. And, and you, you know, you mentioned in your video about yeah. seeing the intention, like I cleanse stagnant energy from this place, you know, and, and all this stuff. What do you think about objects or things that might be oh, in your home that yeah. hold I think, negative yeah. energy I think, you that's think that's true and I think it's your decision what you do with that like if it's it's negative energy for example like if you've got um a selection of stuff that's from a past relationship that if you want to sort of 
cast it aside and for now you're just going to leave it there and then when you're able to sort it out you can you can go through your like your own little ritual of sort of saying thank you thank you for that experience in my life and then you can just send it off by like burning it for example and you can do that but I know I agree I think there it is possible for negative energy to be like within an object um I think it's like it's kind of like Marie Kondo right you know the whole like uh, what sparks joy but then it, we're so complex that we do like the, there is a part of us that does hold on to those things that's yeah. like painful and loving at the same time it's like that bittersweetness and I think like energy is ever-changing like everything in the world but we also create it so when you look at something and like it it stirs up an emotion or a feeling in you and then that is what you concentrate on you're you're creating that energy and it's manifesting within the thing um so like for example someone else might look at the same object and you know not be so um receiving of the same energy you get off it or on the flip side you might get someone who is extremely you know intuitive and really empathetic like I'm thinking of cancers you know in in astrology or Pisces those water um signs that just really pick up in those subtle frequencies um can pick up an object and kind of be like oh you've got some story there or someone has some attachment to you Um, and I think it's really interesting because you said something good about how when you're ready to let let that shit go basically um and I think if you wanted to cleanse your room and still hold on to that, you know, bittersweet thing for some yeah, time. Yeah, I don't think you should maybe have it you in could a space that is in like your house closed, until like you're ready bedroom. to let go. Because um, obviously your bedroom is quite a private place. And I think you just have to have a certain corner until you're ready to let go um, mm-hmm. to, to keep it away because it can just infiltrate your space. If Especially like even if you're not a, a witchy sort of person if you just keep looking at certain letters from a past relationship it is just mm-hmm. going to drain you and you're just going to become emotional even if you don't think it's some sort of like subconscious level it's just going to upset you so have it far away so it doesn't like create your own positivity mm. something that I do and it's like it's it's like my little box yeah. of, you know, memories and trinkets. I'm pretty sure that every <laughs> everyone has one of these boxes. Um, and I keep things in there like, um, you know, something that belonged to my dad um, before he passed away. And it's, it's nice because, yes, it makes me sad. But at the same time, it makes me remember him and, and you know, think of him when I see it and stuff like that. But I keep it in this box along with, you know, many other things that, you know, have a similar taste. Um, and I I will sage the box itself mm. and I'll be like, you know, the contents are in that box and nothing gets out of that box until I open it. And I think that's another thing people can do. If you're living in a really closed environment, you want to smudge, you've got lots of things in your room, you can't necessarily like put these things elsewhere you're not ready to let go I think if you put them in your your treasure your box whatever it is you can you can do a bind like like witches do for binding smudge and herbs together you can actually bind 
that box itself with herbs, with incense, with sage, with leaves, or you can just do a metaphysical bind and actually wrap, you know, smudge the box itself and tidy it away so that you know it's there, but you've also exactly, like, like you are the one in control you're not going to let the box control you and sort essence, of like get you know? into your mood you're you're the person driving the car no, danger, danger. <laughs> this is like pandora's box here i'm loving it <laughs> Amazing. okay yes i love the smudge smudge oh, smudge smudge i, I use a big feather uh-huh. Yeah, to like waft it. I use this big, big feather, and I, I have no idea where it came a from. Rare um, but I have to it, waft and your... there we go. I wafted it to every corner of the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't actually tackle a bird for it. Like it definitely and showed up in my life. Um, that you, Amazing. you wanted okay, me to mention was the whole about... idea of ritual, ritual yes. bathing, right? Um. So with your ritual bathing, you yes. before you smudge, um, you should sort of cleanse yourself um, in like a ritual bath. Um, so for this, um, you've, you need a couple of materials. So I mentioned this in my video, um, certain things you can have. So herbs, um, oils, soaps, and it can depend on what sort of bath you're wanting as well. Um, optional to have like flower petals blossoms like lavender rose lilac magnolia um sort of candles music a glass of wine or like mm. another alcoholic beverage just to make you feel nice and warm on the inside um some incense as well um and basically the idea of this is that you're preparing yourself you're cleansing yourself before you cleanse your space um so the first I see. Okay, I'm with you. Yes. So this would be the pre-smudge bath. Exactly. If yeah. If you're so really like, you can to go do to a ritual bath on your own. Like if you your want environment. to just um, not sort of complement it with smudging a space, if you just want to sort of get rid of any negative energy, by all means, have a ritual bath um, just on its own. Um, but if you're wanting to make like a full shebang out of this experience, get all the excited, positive, clean juices flowing. Go for a ritual before um you cleanse your space um and there's certain steps you take Mm. with this ritual bath so make sure that your tub is clean the bathtub and the area around it so take out any rubbish that's in your bathroom any clutter debris um and when you undress leave your dirty clothing outside of the bathroom so again you're not sort of bringing dirt um and used clothes into your space and go on That, can I just drop a pin? That is a game changer. I cannot believe the difference Mm, it makes when you don't have your dirty clothes in the same room as your bath. It is so subtle because I only found this recently and I don't know what it does. I can't explain it. Like, obviously I know, like, yes, the clothes, I'm a big believer in the clothes. You know, they wear energy like massively. And, you know, my ex actually used to hate how much I wash my clothes. I'd come out of work and like, this does smell fantastic. And I'd be like, nope, they need to go straight into the wash because they need to be new tomorrow. They're wearing today's energy. (laughs) 
Um, and when the dirty clothes are in the bathroom with you and you're in the bath, it's just like, it's it's still there. You can't see the artist out there in the basket. Like, I, I don't know what it does to the space, but I definitely, definitely feel it. And on the topic of clothes wearing energy, something that I absolutely love to do is when I lend my clothes to some of my best friends, I will say it like as creepy as it sounds. Don't wash uh, it. Like, me maybe I want to wear it again. Maybe I want to wear your energy for a day. <laughs> don't want that night. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I am one of our good friends. For anyone listening, and Amy, if you are listening, we're talking about you. But Amy is a, a yoga oh. instructor and just an all round like yogi goddess wonderful human being she, anytime she stays here you know in the past pre-lockdown she wears this big jumper of mine that she loves <laughs> and I wear it the next day and I feel like a freaking yogi I swear I just got her energy <laughs> <laughs> amazing okay so so we we take the clothes yeah, out of the room. Well, we have the um, petals, the herbs. The How do you pick what you want to put in your bath? Work at Lush, you're you're so aware of like different essential oils and what sort of plants do what. Um, so what um what I would do is sort of look up certain um ingredients that you think you need right there and now. There's classic things like Epsom salts that are, are beautiful, just really good um like physically for your body to help with any aches and pains. But things um such as rosemary, um mineral oils and soaps um from like rosemary is really, really good. Um but your yours should just depend on your intentions. So um things if you're you're wanting like a classic mix that you're like, I've got no idea about oils and herbs and stuff, things like a mix of burdock root, basil, citronella and dandelion. Um, if you get all of those fresh and then if you've got like a little muslin cloth, um, if you tie it all up in like a little wash bag and just hang them under the tap and uh, when the water runs all over them and just um, get all the plants and the herbs into your um, your water um, but it completely depends on your intention like obviously if you're wanting things more calming you go for that lavender root um, rose if you're wanting something more fresh maybe tea tree mint lemon um, so for, it's up to you really um what you want have a bit of research play around mm. with it because it's so fun um to sort of figure out what plants are what and trust your intuition as well right like if you for some reason are drawn to a certain smell of an essential oil or a herb or a flower for oh, what yeah. it looks like yeah, some you're, smells you're just gorgeous I've got no I idea what, just go uh, for what it as well. sort of properties they have and then I research it and I'm like oh my gosh it's what I need <laughs> and when you say fresh and wrap it in a muslin cloth or uh, some sort of wash bag, do you mean fresh as in um, like the raw herb or flower itself? Or does it, it just what I mean by fresh prepared is in any way sure or like dried it's not or in is one it of those, an oil? What do you um, mean? You know, like you get at the supermarket and it's just like you've got crushed sage or something like um, within like a glass jar. Nothing that like you would necessarily 
eat if that makes oh. sense because obviously you can eat plants but you know the like mass-produced sort of ones that aren't really super fresh it can be dried you yes. can get fresh uh, like basil and stuff from the garden um but the the fresher the better but dried is fine too um if that makes sense <laughs> Yeah. And then if, say, someone, you know, just needs a bath mm. right now and they don't have any of these fresh herbs, um, I would but they do have essential oils, have how would you um, using from, the essential oils in the, the bath? Like the bottle that you have. Um, but again, if, you, if you're more of like a mainstream person and you don't really know what's going on with these like fresh fresh herbs and you don't really want to wrap it up in a cloth I know this I'm not I'm not a lush worker anymore and I'm not trying to plug but if you do just want to get a bath bomb or something from lush they have loads of beautiful like essential oils um natural herbs within them as well so if you want something fun that will just fizz around um lush is the perfect way to have like a mm. a mainstream witchy bath too I love that. It Lush is the mainstream witchy bath. Like it really is. There's just, the, the nice thing about it is um, I love simplicity. And then I also love like just exactly go for it. Everything, and all the colors, all the smells. Website, you know, I don't well, you know what this all is, of but the it's making me feel good. That are inside the product. <laughs> so you're fine for like allergies. Um, the main thing with like herbs, essential oils, things that you're putting in your bath, obviously, you know mm. yourself, you know what irritates your skin. Don't risk your skin just for the like relaxation because let me tell you if your skin's burning you're not going to be relaxed <laughs> so um, yeah be careful with yourself <laughs> yeah so from that Amazing. point where you're and what else herbs, does a ritual um, bath entail then um you then can set up candles around the room where they can burn safely um so again if you've got um candles that have already got candle holders perfect just make sure you're not going to have any wax dripping just to look after yourself and your room um then from that point you can light some incense you can put some calming music on for mm -hmm. you um and then what's interesting that some people um like at this point a lot of people might be doing this anyway even if they don't class themselves as witches you think oh candlelit bath amazing get a bath bomb on the go gorgeous like this is just a natural thing people do anyway the um the thing that sets it apart like in a witchy sense um is at that point where you've got the the water all filled up you've got the oils the herbs in there your incense is on the go the music's playing um you visualize a pentagram and you use your indexed finger to draw it in the air above the tub before you get in. Um, so a lot of stigma has been placed on the pentagram as well, which is particularly like a witchy symbol. Go on, SJ. And... Um for yeah. anyone listening um, a pentagram it basically it looks like a five pointed star like inside a circle devil right worship it's satanic but actually the five points represent the elements so you've got earth wind fire um you've also actually at the top the fifth point is spirit so um 
you think about like the subconscious but then also if it if it's upside down if the fifth point is upside down that is when it, it is it's not like a, a positive witchy element it's usually like it, it that's when it's classified as like satanic if the the point instead of facing up towards the heavens um with like positivity it's pointing down that's um where like the the darkness comes from because it's all sort of focusing on material wealth on earth not like focusing on the higher higher plane of being so you basically then lower yourself into the water and you just visualize the elements present mm -hmm. so your incense represents the air you've got the candles which represent fire the bath water represents um yeah water um and then you've got herbs and oils which represent the earth as well so obviously with that whole witchcraft wicker um <clears throat> style of life it's all to do with celebrating nature um and then you just visualize the water cleansing you so you relax focus on your breathing um if you need a guideline as well there's certain things that you can do like breathing in for four holding it for a second and then exhaling for four um and my favorite part of the idea with the the ritual bath is when you're ready obviously you're pulling the plug um and you remain in the bathtub until the water has completely drained away. And as the water's going out the plug, you visualize the stress and the negative energy um, that you're trying to banish, just flowing down the drain, um, which is just gorgeous if you think about all that imagery, that, that awful negativity is just going out of the bathtub, you're fresh, you're cleansed, you're clean, um, and then you stand up. Um, and then you can perform a self-blessing, whether that just be like a positive affirmation. Um, there's quite a few of them on on my videos. Um, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful space. And then after that, you can just sort of read a book, do whatever you want, carry on in your evening, or you can go and cleanse your space with a bit of smudging. <laughs> yes I love the ritual bath so much I love it um I don't do the pentagram thing but I am gonna do it from now on I do I've always done that staying in the bath until the water leaves and visualizing all the negative stagnant energy of my body leaving down the drain with the water and I cannot say enough yeah. how when you emerge from the bath afterwards how much lighter you feel that you genuinely feel lighter like you have left something and it is so Yay. beautiful and I love that <laughs> um but I'm definitely going to include this um pentagram drawing from now on oh amazing thank you so much oh quick question in terms of when like would you recommend is the best like time to do the, a ritual the time bath? of day i think anything like i do yeah, well, i think it, it depends as like, an evening your, thing if you're wanting like do you a, recommend a cleansing morning, idea um, it's nice to do them you know? in the morning so it's fresh and that like, you've got the full day like set aside your um, but then at the same time you can do them in the evening to sort of cleanse from the whole day I think it depends on what what's happened within that day if you've had an absolute pants day and you're feeling so stressed I feel like in the evening would be a perfect time to sort of get rid of that negative energy before you go to sleep to make sure that you have a really good restful night um but then if you're more of a, a morning person as well and you want to feel prepared for the day, you can cleanse yourself ready for the day ahead. So it's completely up to you. 
you're using your intuition I think yeah and then on the theme of like releasing negativity and what no longer serves you it does fit in perfectly with a full moon ritual like that could be your full moon ritual on itself but even even like a new moon if you do it before the new moon you're kind of just setting yourself up for greatness because you're letting go of the previous cycle so I think like yeah I think with your intuition you can just fit it in for whenever feels right and then if I think of like the the period cycle whatever you know cycle that you're on um it does fit in quite nicely with ovulation too because you're changing right or even you know yeah with ovulation you tend to be in that kind of mothering energy so you kind of want to like let go of what's not working and call in you know new productive energy but then even with the bleed if you're bleeding it's a good time too because you can just let go (laughs) yeah amazing oh well I think we've covered pretty much everything that we could in this episode. Yes, Thank so you I am so on much for joining me, uh, Liz. Um, before you leave, can you just let um, me know where to find same, you? I'm on YouTube with the same name too. So if you want to hear about the, the Wicker course that I'm doing, I've got a full um, playlist that is sort of guiding you through what I'm learning at the same time. Um, yeah, Instagram and YouTube is the, are the main platforms for me. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me on. I absolutely love Amazing. talking about I will link all of everything this with you. In the and description then just hearing your below. voice as well makes me so happy. So I'm, I'm ready for the day ahead now. <laughs> if you're still with me, it means you made it the whole way through that episode and you are ready to upgrade your self-care Wicca style. I hope it wasn't too laggy for you. And if it was, well, that's how it goes. I'm ironing out the kinks for my neck guest. Very, very exciting. Before I send you off back into your day with my ending poem, which is titled Rise Up Witch, I want to give a quick shout out to Gina, who is currently upgrading her morning self-care routine. A shout out to Claire, who's purchasing her first ever tongue scraper. And a shout out to the lovely Vicky from Seven Hills Massage. If you want a shout out in my next podcast episode, all you got to do is share this on your Instagram story, tag me so I can see and say a little something. Enjoy your cycles ahead. Remember to be kind to yourself, be kind to others and always, always handle with care. Rise up witch. Pick up your damn broom and brush the dust off. Everyone deserves a chance to fly. You're not done trying, not even close. It's okay to let your magic out. It's okay to be a good witch and it's okay to be a bad one. Don't make me drop a house on you. Rise up, witch. This is your call.